0: Good afternoon, Regeneration Nashville. We want to welcome all of you who are in the house today. And we want to welcome every one of you on the other side of that camera that are joining us online. We speak blessings over you and over everyone here. In Jesus' name, and would you please stand with me? We had a great time of prayer for those of you guys that were able to come. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, had a great time of prayer. And Pastor Kent said something to me after we had communion Friday night that just stayed in my spirit. But he said that he had a word from the Lord for today. And it just stayed and stayed and stayed in my spirit. And you know what? The Lord took me this morning to 2 Timothy where the Apostle Paul was riding his son Timothy from prison. And he was so excited to write Timothy and say, hey, I may be locked up, but I'm in here preaching the word of God and the word of God is not bound. And we have a promise of the Lord for this word that God has given our pastor today that says, God says, my word, and I decree it, my word will not return unto me void. But the word of the Lord through our pastor today Will accomplish what it's sent to accomplish in the mighty name of Jesus and Lord I thank you for what you're going to do in this service today father I thank you for the anointing of God that is on this worship team I thank you for the anointing that is on Jasmine and father we just thank you for a release of the power and the anointing and the glory of God as we hear those preached word and as we hear the word of God saying in these lyrics And we just honor you today, and we thank you, Lord, that the name of Jesus is above every name. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you are going to do in this service today. We have great expectancy, and we thank you in advance in the name of Jesus. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Couldn't find a solid ground. I was blind, couldn't see how you called me royalty. But in just For victory today. Come on, victory is in the house. Come on, just lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. Rest in His presence today. He's here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just press in just for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're worthy, you're worthy. Oh, it's nobody like you oh i worship you jesus Feel the Holy Ghost one more time. If you love him, put your hands together. Thank you Jesus.
2: Thank you Jesus. There's such a gentle presence of the Lord in this place. I honor the presence of the Lord that has has settled down here. You can be be seated. I uh, I was praying this week and sometimes, you know, the Lord will speak to you and and like Mary said, you just you just hide it in your heart and you just keep it. But our church is, is, you know, a church to the nations. It's not just to our city or to our country. We have people uh, in our church family that, that, that come in all around the world. Uh, and so the Lord began to speak to me. Man, I feel it. The Lord began to speak to me about India. And I could see generation after generation with their idolatry. With each generation, it became a heavier weight on the backs of their children until it was just crushing them. And God says he's going to wipe away the idolatry in India. I could see like a spiritual eviction notice with those ruling spirits cast out and standing at the border of their country looking in with great confusion. God is casting them out. And and India has such a has such a song in them, you know, they're they're famous worldwide for, for Bollywood, but there is a song and a sound going to come out of India. They are a people of song, and God is going to cause their sound to come out, and it's gonna make the world watch. And some would say, Why is why is God doing this? Why is God causing a song to come forth? Because a song always precedes praise always always precedes Christ. It prepares the way for Christ to come in. And I feel God saying to his people, it's like when Moses said, Eat Eat the, the Passover meal with shoes on your feet, with your cloak on your back, with your with your rod in your hand, and God is saying to his people, get your sea legs, because what God is going to do is going to be so quick, and it's going to be things that you have never seen before, things that you have never thought of before, and God is saying, you're going to have to be able to move with me. You're going to be, ha- be able to have to move with what comes, because God is doing a, a quick way work. But when God comes in and he begins to cleanse these places and he begins to break the backs of these spirits and begins to evict them from our nations because God is not just moving in America. God has a plan for each and every nation. If you will tune in your ear, God will speak to you what God is going to do in your nation. But God is saying, I'm doing a quick work and as I'm doing these things, it is just the beginning. As Christ is entering, as he is stepping in, these things these signs follow him where 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 spirits are cast out where people are healed where where all these yokes and these bondages are broken but this is not Christ's goal this is just the beginning of the uh, uh, of his work and as he enters this is what happens but God has so much in store so God is saying don't get hung up on these things don't 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 you know make your tent there but be ready to walk with Christ because he has so much more in store if you'll stand to your feet today we'll turn our hearts to giving. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs amen ushers you may serve the people
3: hello regeneration nashville happy sunday to you praise the lord it's so good to be in the house of the lord if no one's told you they love you today i want to be the first i love you and and i just want to say how proud of our church that i am because uh we fasted and prayed together. We really got a breakthrough Um, this week. Pastor Kent led us in communion on Friday night, the last day of our fast. And I'm telling you why, we got a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. We did. We got a breakthrough. And so I'm proud of this church for your fasting and praying. And some of you, uh, our church family online, you were fasting and praying with us. And I just want to commend you and just say, I'm just so proud of this church. Uh, Early on in the early days, of our pastoring, um, the Lord really spoke to my husband something, and I'm not really sure that we have ever told you this. So I'm just going to tell you, uh, Pastor Kent was praying. He and I were together in the middle of a fast together as a as a couple of ministry, and uh, the Lord spoke to him, and and uh, my husband said, God, what are you doing? What is it? Because uh, this church was just, you know, it was uh, uh, so far. Uh, from what we could actually see because we just, the Bible says despise not the day of small beginnings and so, uh, so we were just in small beginnings the Lord spoke to him and he said son you're not raising up a church you're raising up a movement this is an army that reaches around the world this is the remnant and I'm just so honored to be Uh, yoke together with you in ministry to do God's will in the earth in this generation. It is a glorious honor to be called in this generation. So thank you for your faithfulness in prayer and fasting. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I think I'm going to start right here. I want to give you a building update. Would you like to see what's going on with the building? Okay, well, Pastor Kent and I went over there the other day, and I think we have a, a video, do we not? Let's see about it.
4: Hey guys, this is Cody Rothwell, CEO of Landon Bradley. We just wanna give you an update about what we've got going on here at the new church building. Uh, as you can see behind me, we've already started the uh, footers for the front concourse area, as well as the piers for the canopy of the front entrance of the building. Uh, lot's been going on this week. We've got these being poured next week and uh, we'll start working on the exterior slabs. you uh, Give me just a minute, we'll walk inside. We'll take a look at what's going on inside. All right, guys, so you can see inside a lot's happened. Of course, all the demolition's been done. Uh, to my right, a little behind me here, you'll see the new baptismal for the uh, church. Uh, we've got steel work going in today, and uh, we're possibly gonna be shooting that during the next week. If You'll pan around, you'll see we've got all the wa- walls laid out. Of course, all the plumbing's been installed, inspected, poured back, and we've got our walls being framed uh, presently right here over in the children's area and uh, this should all be framed out by the 31st of this month and uh, things are cracking right along. Hey guys, we're standing right now in the children's check-in area. Uh, as you can see, some of the walls are going in right now. Uh, we have our bathrooms to the left for the check-in. And we you go down your hallways and have all your children's classrooms so right now they're working on the hallway walls. Um, in the back is our bathroom and the on this side. Of the we have all of our toddler rooms. You can see they've already put the bass track in right now and they're fixing to start loading those walls in as well. So everything's coming together fast and furious and we're excited.
3: Isn't that exciting? God is so good. So I want you to uh, pray. How many of you will commit to pray for us as we're in this building project? We need the Lord to go before us and make a way where there seems to be no way. You know, how many of you know when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, he made a way when not when there seemed to be no way, but when there was no way. And uh, I believe that right now we are needing 23 HVAC systems, and they're telling us that they're months out. But, you know, I believe that God can just give us a fast pass and take us right to the front of the line. Don't you believe that? So how many of you will commit to pray? I'm going to pray for the building program at Regeneration Nashville. Thank you so much. And I just I just believe signs and wonders and miracles in this room, but also in that building, God's going to make a way. So I want to remind you that Christmas in July, I met a lady, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but she came uh, all the way, I want to say, where did you come from? She brought toys. She was so excited to be here in church today, and she came, I think, from Ohio and brought a whole bunch of toys, but we have Christmas in July, and so I believe that next Sunday is the very last Sunday for Christmas in July if you want to, uh, to bring toys for the homeless children. We serve 7,000 homeless children a week. This church partners with the Bridge Ministry. Uh, God blessed me to found that ministry 20 years ago, and we're serving 7,000 underprivileged children, and we want everyone every child to have a wonderful Christmas this year, don't we? So, also, our Renew class, if you'd like to become a member, if you would like to serve in uh, Regeneration Nashville, you must become a member. And to be a member, you have to go to the Renew class. And guess who gets to teach the Renew class? That's me. And I get you for a whole two hours. It's so fun. No, it might just be an hour. I don't know. But anyway, we have a great time in there. And uh, we get to know each other a little bit. But more importantly, you get to know what Regeneration Nashville believes what we believe on the Godhead, what we believe in the baptism of the the Holy Spirit how we believe in the word of God you get to believe to learn our core beliefs it's very important the bible says how can two walk together unless they agree So it's important for you to know what your church believes. Pastor Kent and I went to a church for a long time, for 14 years, and I never could get our our pastor to commit to me on what he believed on the Godhead. But if you will come to our class next, uh, no, it's August the 6th, you will find out how we believe on the Godhead and many other subjects. So please come and be a member of Regeneration Nashville. Also, Elijah Cole is coming up. Elijah Cole is coming up. And we're excited about it. We're going to have a move of God. The Lord has never disappointed us. He's always shown up at Elijah Co. And so uh, we want you to come and be a part of this. Pastor Kent and I will be staying on the grounds uh, to get to know you better. But I want you to know that registration for that closes. Uh, Let's see. Look, I'm holding my glasses in my hand and I can't. So, okay. August 1st. Registration closes for that, so if you're thinking about going, go ahead and and make your reservation to come to Elijah Co. because it's going to be an amazing time. You can go and look online. And see all the speakers Brother Dutch sheets is going to be there how many of you love brother Dutch sheets we honor that man of God yes we do and so many uh, powerful men and women of God a great lineup pastor Kent will be uh, speaking pastor Harry will be speaking and it's gonna be a great time so um, I, I'm just so excited about all that's happening here at regeneration so I just want to find out where all these um, our visitors are from I met some wonderful friends from um, from out of state and I and I can't remember where you're from <laughs> so just if you're from a different state just yell out and let me know where you're from South Carolina. South Carolina stand up South Carolina this is the lady that brought the toys thank you thank you for being with us anybody else Illinois stand up Illinois and let us welcome you Wow God bless you we're honored to have you here anybody else Kentucky where's the Kentucky Right there, stand up, Kentucky. We're glad to have you, amen. God bless you, thank you for being with us today. Anybody else? Michigan, wow, welcome, welcome Michigan. Honored to have you here, thank you. Anybody else? Pennsylvania, where's Pennsylvania? Stand up, let us welcome you. God bless you, honored to worship with you today, sir. God bless you, anybody, yes, sir. New Zealand. Wow. Bless you. Honored to have you here, brother. God bless you so much. Thank you for being at Regeneration Nashville. Anybody else? North Carolina. Stand, North Carolina. Let us welcome you. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Anybody else? New York. New York State or City? State. Welcome. God bless you. We're honored to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Anybody else? All hearts clear? Yeah, okay. So I just have something on my heart uh, that I just want to do right now, if it's all right, before Pastor Kent comes up. Um, This week is a landmark week for our youth department because they are going to the ramp. And I don't know if you are watching the news And you are looking on the horizon of what's happening in the United States and around the world. But the devil is making a bid for the souls of our young people. And the Bible says for us to be vigilant and to be sober. And so I just... Where's, where's Pastor Nicholas? Pastor Nicholas, would you just come right back up here real quickly? And I would like for everyone, even our volunteers who are going to the ramp uh, this week, would you stand, please? Everyone going to the ramp this week, would you just stand? Because we want to pray over you. We want to pray over you. And so I wonder... We have got some prayed up, fasted up prayer warriors in the room. And so if there is someone standing around you, or not even around you, but that you can get to quickly, would you go to them and lay hands on them, please, quickly, please just quickly. Go to someone around you and we want
5: to lay hands on them and we're believing for a fresh fire unction of the Holy Ghost. Come on church. Father in the name of Jesus. God we pray for our youth group our youth pastor. God we pray for every person traveling. God to the ramp this week. God we are praying and believing for a Damascus road encounter. God for every person, every young person, God who is going, God, to this meeting, Lord, that the fire of the Holy Ghost, Lord, would be poured out, God, upon them, Lord, to break every yoke, to fill them, God, that the answer to call of the preaching, God, and to ministry would be answered this week, God, that there would be a fresh unction, Lord, from the Holy Ghost to rise up, Lord, in every person, Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for in advance, for the testimonies, God, that we will have. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Now give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I love you. While you're standing, why don't the rest of us just stand real quick
3: as Pastor Kent comes and let's give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of
5: the day. Just give him the greatest Do you love him? Do you appreciate him? Is it? Come on, come on, give it up. Hallelujah to God. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name.
6: Amen. Amen. You can keep standing. We're going to read uh, out of the word of the Lord as you're getting ready to uh, read our text out of Genesis chapter 6. Uh, The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And so for the next three months, each month, we need about $1.5 million to help uh, pay for everything that we're doing. Uh, Don't let that rattle you. God has unlimited resources. And what God is trying to do to us is make us think in a different realm. I don't think like I used to because if I still did, you wouldn't be here. And many of you, God is doing just a revolutionary change in the way that you think. And so, there's nothing for God. And so, we're believing that God is going to bring this in. Uh, I believe that we're getting ready to see a $5 million check. Uh, Hallelujah. But God needs people of great faith. Uh, Out of the book of Genesis, we're going to read a fairly lengthy text, starting with verse one of Genesis 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, and this is always angels, saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit, shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years verse 4 now there are giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of god came unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them The same became mighty men which were of old and men of renown and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth it grieved him at his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord." Now, Holy Spirit, I believe that you've opened a window to me to declare something that is extremely powerful that you're getting ready to do in the earth. And now all that you have put in my spirit, bring it forth. Give me the ability, grace me with the anointing to release this revelation today. That it would be a strength unto the people of God around the world that under the sound of our voice. Now we thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The other day, what started this path that I'm going to take today in the word of the Lord, God spoke to me, he said, I am raising up giant killers in the atmosphere. And I begin to just let that marinate because I, each of us has a different way that the Holy Spirit talks to you. But uh, with me, God will drop something and then He'll continue. He'll drop line upon line and He'll continue to give me thoughts over the next few days. And then all of a sudden, you begin to see how things connect. And God will, like, He will just shine a light <clears throat> on something that you've never seen before. And uh, there is a thread. through the Bible that deals with seed. It starts all the way back to creation. And in Genesis, the very story of creation, God begins to talk about seed. And he declares that as he creates things, that it had seed in itself. And everything was about seed. And then God makes the very first prophecy in the Bible was about seed. God speaks this word to the devil. He says, because of what you've done, I am going to put enmity or hatred between thy seed and the woman's seed. And you are going to bruise their heel but it is going to crush your head. That was the very first prophecy that was released, and it was released because it was dealing with the thread that holds the entire Bible together, seed. So now we come to Genesis chapter 5 that I read to you, and the story is very, very clear that angels, fallen angels, when you read the scriptures, when it talks about the sons of God, it is always referring in the Old Testament to angels. It says that when men begin to multiply, that these fallen angels from their domain... Saw these women in the earth that they were beautiful and that they were fair, and the scripture says that they came down. You say, well, I don't really know how that's possible, but one writer said this about angels. He said, "They, you be careful how you entertain strangers because it can be an angel in disguise, and so angels can look like humans, and so in this setting." Scripture says that these angelic beings, which were the seed of the devil, came down and they mixed their seed. And the blood type of a human being never comes from its mother. It always comes from the male contributor or the father. Jesus made reference to the Pharisees said, you are children of the devil. The parable of the sower says it was seed or children of the enemy or of the devil. So we think of God having children, but we don't really think in terms of the devil having children. Came down and had sexual relationship with women. And I want to go to this verse because And you're going to have to bear with me because we're going to take a journey through the scriptures to see what God is getting ready to do prophetically in the earth. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men. And they bear children to them. And this is what I want to look at three words. When these women begin to have babies or children whose father was fallen angels, these children, the Bible says, became mighty men. The word mighty means powerful to prevail. To act proudly towards God. That they were champions. And it means that they were the strongest. So these children are this. This next one is very interesting. What I've never seen. But it said they were men of old. This is what the word old means in the Hebrew. Perpetual. Continuous existence. Indefinite or unending future, it sounds like they can't die, that these life forms that are being produced between fallen angels and natural women are producing a life form that has continual existence, that is mighty, that are champions that are prevailing, that act proudly against God. The last part of this verse says, they were men of renown. So that means they were were famous, they had great reputations, and they had fame and glory. Just looking at them, was intimidating. They were not natural. Some of them had heights. One scripture says that all oh, king of Basham had a bed that was 18 feet long. So they were of supernatural proportion. Why would have this happen? Because of the prophecy. God says that the seed of the woman one day will crush your head. So the devil knows that if I don't do something with the seed, then I am going to lose somewhere in the future. So he comes down with fallen angels and demonic nature mixes with the natural bloodline that's on the earth, and the enemy pollutes the bloodline or the seed that's in the earth, and he thinks that he can stop the prophetic word of the Lord from being fulfilled because he believes I can stop the seed from ever crushing my head. verse 8 says this of Genesis 6. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It wasn't that he was just a righteous man. The only reason that God did not kill Noah is because he was the only seed that was left in the earth that had not been tainted by the nature of fallen angels, that in his bloodline there was the prophetic possibility that the seed of the woman could yet be birthed and the head of Satan could be crushed. Can you imagine the persecution that must have come against Noah? We're thinking in terms of everybody looking like us. But Noah is a natural man. So he doesn't have demonic possibilities. But he is living in a culture where there are men that are so tall and so big that when he sees them, they are intimidating. They are men of renown. They are men of great strength. They are men of great stature. They are also very proudly and blasphemous against the God of Noah. And even though Noah knows he's heard from the Lord I'm building an ark. He is visibly having to deal with something that is intimidating to look at. And God says, "Build an ark." Because I'm fixing to deal with the blood that's been mixed in the earth. And the Lord says, I will cause it to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is a key. After seven days, God shuts the ark. And the heavens open up and the earth opens up. And water that we have never seen the like of comes into the earth. And the Bible says everything that was on the earth was destroyed. That meant that these demonic beings that had perpetual existence, continual existence, God had the power to stop them dead in their tracks. Did not matter how big they were, how renowned they were, what kind of reputation they had, and what kind of natural strength that they had, and how intimidating they were to the natural man, Noah. In one moment, hallelujah, God wiped out a union of demonic and natural women that had dealt with the bloodline. And when the flood was over, there was only one seed on the earth that was pure. And God removes giants from the earth. Now, I want to jump ahead a little bit because in Numbers, the 13th chapter, we begin to deal again with giants. There is great debate amongst theologians how this, where did giants come from in the time of the Israelites when God had destroyed them during the time of Noah. The only conclusion is that more angels made a second bid To pollute the bloodline of the woman to keep Christ from being born. Because the scripture says, when it came time, and this is really key. When it came time for the Israelites to walk into their inheritance and possess the land. When they got in there, what was it that broke the spirit of ten men? The Bible said when they came back and gave the report to Moses, they said, the land is everything God said it is, but when we got in there, we realized we can't take this land because it is filled with giants, and they are of great stature and great height, and they intimidate us, and they make us feel like in our own eyes we're the size of grasshoppers. And so the enemy is trying to stop the Israelites from possessing their inheritance. Now, again, we go back to 40 because the scripture says that for 40 years, God leaves the Israelites in the wilderness and they cannot possess their inheritance until that generation died out that was intimidated by the giants and that God could raise up somebody, hallelujah, that would have the ability and the faith to shift out of the natural of what they see and hear on the news and go back to the word of the Lord and believe no weapon formed against Jews shall prosper. Hallelujah! I don't care what they say. I can tell you this in concurrence with my son's prophetic word. There is going to be something happen so fast that the enemy will not have time, saith the Lord, to make provision to stop it. It's going to catch them off guard. It's going to come from a direction they did not see. They're not going to have any solution. They're not going to have any answer. Is there anybody in the house that still believes? that uh, when God uh, has enough is enough uh, He can release something by the spirit uh, and declare that is over. So here they are. They, God had to kill out a generation that was mixed with unbelief. This is where we are prophetically right now. There has been so much unbelief in the church. This is why we are an unusual church, because we are doing everything opposite of what they say you have to do to have a big church. But we're not a church. We're a movement. Hallelujah. We're not just building a church. We are giant killers in the Holy Ghost because there are giants in the atmosphere that God said, is there somebody that will have the spiritual revelation? It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they've accomplished. It doesn't matter what they've done. If God be for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's something in the atmosphere being released by the Spirit of the Lord. There are some giant killers in the Spirit today. I saw men of great stature. I guess you know, in the natural, if you didn't know who you were, if you, it would have been what they saw would be like me standing next to Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. I know it sounds funny, but he's seven foot two, something like that. I'm five six. He's probably, I guess he's went on a diet from some of the commercials, but. 400 pounds and not fat. So you see somebody and you have a tendency. One of our biggest weaknesses is that we have so many tendencies to compare ourselves to other people. Instead of valuing the gift that God has put in us. We have this weakness. As soon as we see somebody else that seems to be more efficient than us, we compare ourselves and we allow the enemy to shut us down because then we see ourselves as grasshoppers. God made you unique. Hallelujah. He made you special. You have an ability that other people do not have. And so now we have giants in the earth again. And so there is this distinct possibility that if the giants continue on because their plan is to absolutely defile humanity until everybody has a mixed bloodline. God hates mixture. He is a pure God. You go back through the scriptures and the word pure is used so many times. He did not like things mixed. In the Old Testament, he said you can't mix materials. You can't mix seed. You can't mix plants. You have to have everything pure. So now we have Israel... As a nation in their inheritance, and they no longer want God to be their king. And they begin to say, We want to be like all the pagan nations around us. We want a king like they have. We are not like the world. Anytime you have a church, that is governed like a business, that it is a collective group of men that pastor it, you're out of the will of God. We believe in godly counsel. We believe in eldership. But we do not believe in the plurality of headship where you have churches. Well, we have three men that are pastors. That never works. Because God is theocratic, not democratic. And Israel was not meant to be governed by men. They were meant to be governed by God. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So they make Saul king. When you go back to the scriptures and you read about Saul, it says this, he was head and shoulders taller than anybody else in Israel. He was a giant among men. We don't know how tall he was. He could have been close to seven feet, but he had to be intimidating to look at. And yet the Bible says, when the prophet spoke to him, he said, when you were small in your own eyes. See, the only time you should be intimidated and feel like you're a grasshopper in your own strength is when you compare yourself to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, when you get in his presence, all of a sudden you realize uh, I am undone. That's what the prophet said. Woe is me, uh, for I am undone and I have unclean lips uh, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. When you get in the purity of the presence of the Lord. Saul is clothed with a coat of mail and all kinds of armor, yet he cannot lead Israel and to where God wants them to go. So now we come up to the next segment of God dealing with giants in the Scripture. And When God got ready to deal with giants, he did not go to the house of Saul. He sent a prophet to a pasture To a house of Jesse. And he said, The man that I am going to anoint king lives here. And seven of his sons, Jesse's sons, went in front of Samuel. And the first one that went in front of Samuel was Eliab. And immediately, Samuel in his natural mind thought this is him. Why? Because he was tall and of great stature. And God speaks to him and says, I am not like men. Men look on the outward appearance and on the stature. He said, not me. He said, I look on the heart. And in walks into this room, this teenage boy, he's handsome, but he smells like sheep. He's never been to war. He's been disdained and overlooked. And God said, I chose him to be a giant king. But before he could ever be a giant killer, he needs anointing. And Samuel took a flask of oil, dumped it on David. And when the Holy Ghost hit David, there was a release of an ability in God. Why would God show up in this house? Because we must have an anointing. It's not enough to build a new building. There must be in the midst of that house a residue of the glory and the power of God why because it is the anointing that breaks the yoke I get tickled because Johnson she's the greatest worship leader I've ever been around in my life and she'll come up with these great worship courses that I just love and then I'll notice we hadn't sang them for a couple months And she'll say, well, you know, those are old. We need new stuff. And I'm thinking, well, they're pretty good to me. But you know what? It's not the song. It's the anointing. Hallelujah. This, uh, Wayne and I were talking the other day. I remember evangelizing and stuff and getting churches, you know, where they're cutting edge and all of that. And and I get done preaching, the Holy Ghost had really started moving and they weren't kind of used to the Pentecostal style and people are white, weeping and shouting and in the altar. And I noticed that every time that happened, when they began to play music, it wasn't the latest cutting edge. It was, I'll fly away and there's power in the blood uh, and all of those kinds of songs. Why? Because anointing doesn't get old so I'm giving you the freedom you can go back and get some of those songs <laughs> so David now is anointed by God through prophecy and when God anoints him He begins to show David what is possible under anointing. We are stepping over into a different realm. Jesse had seven sons that God said no to. It wasn't until the eighth son that God said that's the one. Eight always represents new beginnings. I have a feeling that God is beginning to reject what man has accepted and thought would work, and he is doing something different by the Spirit of the Lord. David, now anointed, finds out that he can kill a lion and a bear with his own hands. He must have, after those encounters, sat down and go, This is amazing. Never had any idea that I could do this. Listen, we're going to do things in this church by the power of God that you have no clue as to what the Lord is up to by the spirit of the Holy Ghost. If this is all we got, we lose. We will never win the world with this. Somewhere we don't need them rolling off the platform like they rolled on in wheelchairs. uh, But we roll them on. uh, And then when we pray for them, they need to get out of the wheelchair and run off of the platform. Paul said this. This is a sign to the unbeliever. May God release by the Spirit of the Lord uh, a Davidic anointing upon you uh, in the Holy Ghost uh, that God begins to do a new thing in you. Uh, Don't ask God to revive something that's dead, but ask God to birth something in you uh, that you've never walked in. God saw the future of David before David ever did. David never thought in terms. He lived among giants. The enemy can get you to a place to where you learn how to cohabitate with giants in your life. So how do we do that? We do it with a lot of ways. We do it through loans. We do it through medicine. We do it through counseling. We just try to to rehabilitate the old man. I'm not against those things. But I am telling you this, that there is a higher level in God That you can be healed by the power of the Lord. Now, into this setting comes Goliath. Most theologians believe that Goliath was between nine and a half and ten feet tall. That is the height of a basketball rim. I wish I had that here to be able to give you a a reference point. But this wasn't a skinny guy. He's almost 10 feet tall. His just his coat of mail weighed 150 pounds, approximately. His spear, the head of his spear weighed somewhere around 15 pounds, and the shaft was over 12 feet. So, this kind of dispels the theory that he's six feet tall or six and a half feet tall for that day because he wouldn't need a 12 foot long spear that weighs a total of about 30 pounds. And a six and a half feet tall guy is not going to navigate too well wearing a coat of mail around his chest that weighs 150 pounds. So, you have a giant that's somewhere around 10 feet tall, probably in weight, maybe seven to eight hundred pounds, massive in size, roars like the devil himself, and brings Israel to battle in Judah and puts them. On one side of a valley, and he gets on the other side. And again, the Bible says for 40 days, he intimidates Israel, declaring, You need to give me a man, and if he wins, we'll serve you, and if we win, you will serve us. There is this intimidating cry in the atmosphere right now for churches to acquiesce and to give up and to bow down to modern culture. You cannot do it. The moment you give in on one front, You will give in on another front. Then You will give on another front. And then we will wind up being like the Lutherans and the Episcopalians having gay homosexual ministers preaching in our pulpits uh, and our choirs full of filth uh, and our churches hooked on pornography uh, and hell running amok in our nation. Uh, No wonder the devil wants to pollute the bloodline. Uh, It's because if he can do it, he can stop Christ from coming forth in the atmosphere. No wonder Jesus said, I'm not going to fix up the old man. He said he's got to die, but he's going to be a new creation. Why? Because when you're a new creation, there's a new bloodline that gets inside of you. What is that? It is the line of Judah. I ain't even gotten to the best part yet. So here we have Saul you know the whole army is so intimidated they're hiding. You got this massive demonic being. You got to remember now that he is the seed of Satan. The reason he looks like this is because he comes from the DNA of the devil. And what's amazing is that in the natural They seem to have a continuous existence. They don't die easy. And he's roaring, and even Saul, who was taller than anybody else in Israel, wouldn't come out to battle. Wouldn't even put on his armor. David is sent on what he thinks is a mission of bringing food to his brothers. Not realizing that he's headed for destiny that will be talked about for millenniums, hallelujah, in the future to come. And as he is coming, he begins to hear the taunts of this giant. And he is, you got to remember now, David is a worshiper. Worship makes you bold. It's a dangerous thing to attack a worshiper because you're going to lose. Because when you start worshiping, boldness gets a hold of you. Hallelujah. And David is a worshiper. he He's been writing stuff. And all of a sudden, he sees the giant. He sees the valley. He said, I'll go down there and fight him. Saul says, you can't go down there. You're too small. But God doesn't fight with the same weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Saul says, okay, David, you got to put on my armor. I'm thinking if it didn't work for you, why would it work for me? And they start putting it on him. Here he is. this He's not very big compared to Saul. And, I mean, the stuff's hanging off of him. And he's looking at that. He feels cumbersome. He said, take it off. He said, this ain't for me. He said, I am in covenant with God Almighty. And David, hallelujah, goes over. And he gets a stone out of the brook. And he begins to walk down the valley. Now, I didn't have time to research it. But I wonder if that's when David wrote, yeah though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death I shall fear no evil. What was he talking about? Because he was looking at a ten foot demonic being but God in him was saying kill the giant and cut his head off. I got news for the devil there's some giant killers that God is raising up in the Holy Ghost and there is a bad ending for the men and women of of hell that have sold out to the devil and say, we win. Right. It was at the end of 40 years that Israel possessed their inheritance. It was at the end of 40 days that David kills the giant. He's headed down the hill. And the giant is looking at him begins to get insulted by what he sees. And he said, yeah. Send me out a kid out here like that. He said, I'll tell you what, boy. He said, I'm going to tear your flesh off and feed it to the fowls of the air. And David said, you may think you are, but he said, you're uncircumcised, which means you're not in covenant with Jehovah. And he said, I come to you not with a spear or a shield or a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, something begins to happen because he puts a rock in a sling. Hallelujah, this is a special rock because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, in the wilderness, there was a rock that followed Israel and that rock was Christ. Matthew 16, 18 says, Upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what was this rock? He got a hold of Christ. By why? Because Christ was of the seed of David. Hallelujah, he reached into the living water, got a hold of Christ, put it in a leather sling, wound it up and let it go and it hit him crushed his head, crushed his head. What was that? That was the prophetic anointing. Oh, in this hour, there is a rock called Christ Jesus that's getting ready to be loosed by faith in the atmosphere and the giant is coming down. Oh, hallelujah. Get up, 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 someday. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. There is a rock of ages that's coming. And it ended with David taking Goliath's own sword, cutting his head off. We are going to take that which the evil enemy intended for evil. We're going to turn it around for good. I see it in the spirit right now. I can see things just flowing in the Holy Ghost. There's an open heaven in this room right now. And across the nations, in the name of Jesus, by the power of God. It wasn't just David when he did that. He loosed this anointing in the earth because his nephew, Jonathan, killed the last giant. It was in the bloodline. Hallelujah. That means that some of your children are going to do some amazing exploits. For the people who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. From that time on, giants cease to be an issue in the earth because God used the anointing on David a worshipper a king and a priest hallelujah say how he was able to go into the tabernacle and eat the showbread. Say, so how could he do that? Because in his loins was the priesthood of Jesus Christ. He was a priest, he was a prophet, he was a king, and he was a psalmist. Hallelujah. You can't get much more powerful than that. If. Goliath would have had any sense the moment that he would have saw that little short guy, he should have ran back up the side of the mountain and said, it's over. We ain't going to do this. But he was only seeing through the naturals. But you and I, hallelujah, are not looking through natural eyes but we're seeing by the eyes of the Spirit. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither is it into the heart of men those sayings that God hath prepared for those that love Him they are discerned by the Spirit so now he has preserved the bloodline hallelujah the possibilities of prophecy coming to pass are back intact because of somebody that was anointed By the spirit of the Lord. Now you fast forward. See, the enemy always tries to get ahead of God and do what God's going to do before God does it. So the devil thinks, I'm going to come down and birth me a race of people that's going to do my bidding. How? Because he knew that if he didn't, God was going to. So one day, the father looks over at an angel and said, go down there and tell her. And in Luke, this angel shows up and looks at Mary and said, a spirit being, not from this earth, is going to come down and overshadow you, and you're going to have a baby, and he's going to be God. The very thing that the enemy has tried to do, God says, now it's time for prophecy to be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the womb comes forth seed. Hallelujah. What is seed for? It's always to be planted. Unless a seed fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. Jesus was never meant to live on the earth longer than 33 and a half years. He was seed that was germinating. He came out of a virgin womb there is something that God is doing that's going to come out of a realm that nothing has ever come out of before. Behold, I do a new thing. When this seed comes forth, his name is Jesus. And he is a giant killer. And when all the other boys his age are playing outside in the dirt, where's this giant killer at the age of 12? He's already in the temple having dissertation with the brilliant minds of his day because he was anointed from birth. Now, he comes to the age of 30 when he is going to be released for his purpose. What happens? Remember the word 40? Where is he? He is in the wilderness for 40 days. 40 days for God to destroy the giants in Noah's day. 40 days for Goliath before he's dead. Now we have 40 days of this giant killer that's in the wilderness, hallelujah, and he is anointed. He is of the seed of David. Romans 1.8, I believe it is, says that Jesus is of the seed of David. It meant that prophecy was fulfilled because from the moment that Jesus comes out of the womb, the devil lost Everything that he had done to that point to pollute and contaminate the birth of Jesus has been defeated by the word of the Lord, anointing and prophecy. And the scripture says this about him. He increased in wisdom and in stature. It meant he was growing. Not, he wasn't tall, probably. I, I would think Jesus probably would have been six feet because he could pick his own body. I don't know. <clears throat> <laughs> Hello, you there? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick this, trust me. I have no, Now, don't get mad. But I have people email and say, you should be happy with how God made you, and I am, but I could have done some improvements. I mean, you feel like you could make an improvement. Now, come on. Oh, you a bunch of hypocrites sitting out there. Everyone, you raise your hand. <clears throat> Can I get a witness? <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. It's good to have fun in church. Jesus looks at his disciples when he's getting ready to leave, and he says this. I'm going away. But he said, the works that you have seen me do, you are going to do also, but greater works than these shall ye do. When he leaves, he has a bunch of intimidated people hanging out in a room because they are afraid of the Jews. And all of a sudden, the same spirit that overshadowed Mary and produced Christ comes into that room and overshadows them, and they are what? Born again. They now have the bloodline of Christ, and the same guy that cursed and denied jesus a few days before is now standing up with boldness and saying this same jesus whom you crucified is both lord and savior you need to repent get your act together he had boldness now i want to bring it up to the day that we're in because i really feel like that the lord uh, really dropped this in my spirit We know in Acts 15 and 16, the Lord says that he is going to raise up the tabernacle of David. And I don't know how many of you are aware of this guy. And his first name is Yuval. His last name is Harari. He is being praised by world leaders as being the trailblazer for mankind. And his proposal is that he is leading the charge to genetically, through surgeries, vaccinations, and biomedics, uh, to alter the DNA of human beings. What's amazing is he's a Jew. He teaches in the Jerusalem University. And they are pushing very strong. Obama loved this guy. Bill Gates loves him. George Soros loves him. All of these people that had the powers in the earth are pushing this agenda To change the DNA and to alter mankind. And he makes a statement that civilization started when mankind invented God. (laughs) He strongly purports that there is no God. That men are gods. And that we have the ability through technology to change the DNA of human beings to the fact that they can live forever or have perpetual existence. What does it sound like? It sounds like the same thing in Noah's day, that they want to mix the bloodline. Why? Because Matthew 13 tells the story of the tares, and he gives the explanation. He said, The tares are the children of the wicked one. The wheat is the children of God. And the harvest is the end of the world. We are coming to an age in which the devil thinks he is going to win. Now, when you go back to the scriptures, this all ties together. Because you go back to Matthew 24 and 37, it says this. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also the coming of the Son of Man be. He is declaring that the same intention that was in Noah's day, to change mankind, his DNA and his bloodline will surface again at the end of the age at harvest time. Why? Because harvest is about seed, and the devil is after seed, as it was in the days of Noah. You know what Yaval Havari's middle name is? Noah. That ain't no accident. son man, I just felt a chill go through me in the Holy Ghost. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man, because the enemy this time, it's not a natural enemy. It's not physical giants. We are dealing now with a spirit giant. We are dealing with a bold spirit in the atmosphere that has come after righteousness, sacredness, purity, uh, marriage. And in this scripture, the verse 38 in Matthew 27 says... First verse says, as in the days of Noah, so shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. And the next verse says, they are marrying and giving in marriage. Why would God use that specific thing? Because that was what was happening in Noah's day. When they were marrying, there was a mixed bloodline. God is saying in this hour, the church is going to marry an ungodly bloodline that's going to make her lukewarm and a mixture and all of a sudden. And it's, we ought to love everybody. We ought to embrace everything. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's nothing that we should be against. Let's embrace everything. That is a mixture of the bloodline of Satan that's trying to get in the church. And God is saying, hallelujah, in Ephesians, it says this, Till you and I come into a measure of the fullness of what? the stature of who? Jesus Christ. What was he? He was a giant killer. What God is saying, I am anointing you that you are no longer mere mortal men in the spirit realm, but I have anointed you that you are growing up into the fullness of the measure that when the devil sees you, he don't see you, but he sees Jesus. Who is that? Jesus is a giant killer. And we are what? The body of Christ. So this giant agenda that's in the earth right now, this is why you don't need to watch the news because it intimidates. It is the roaring of Goliath that you listen to it and you watch it and it sounds so real and it has so much intensity in it and it has so many laws backing it up and it has so many famous men declaring it shall be that you don't realize it but you just want to run that's why hallelujah David when he got anointed wasn't in the middle of the battle. God anointed him before he stuck him in the battle. You have been anointed and there is no enemy that can defeat you. There is no devil that can stop it. There's no agenda that's going to stop our building from being built and us being in it on November. There is nothing that's going to stop the dead from being raised. The potulogy coming out of wheelchairs. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost saving your children. By the power of God, cancer's falling off, blind eyes being opened, Uh, the unbelieving getting saved, Uh, God taking the best voices of Hollywood uh, and making them preachers and psalmists and singers in the Holy Ghost, Uh, pulling your children out of the pits of hell uh, and putting them on a rock of age uh, full of the Holy Ghost. All right, keep on standing, I'm done. I normally have my auto workers come, but we're not doing do this time, so forgive me for that because I know that you trained very hard for it. But I need you to get a revelation today that you're a giant killer. It was a shame that out of the entire nation of Israel, there was only one person who had enough vision and enough anointing to kill a giant in battle. Well, we got a whole house full of Davids today in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. May the Spirit of God hit New Zealand in the name of the Lord Jesus. Break every demonic stronghold. Now, that's what the Lord said he was going to do in India. You know how many idols and gods in India has? Over 300 million, if I'm not mistaken. You know why humans like idols? Because it doesn't require any faith to worship. Because you can touch it and you can see it. Paul said, we worship him whom we have not seen. And we love him whom we have not touched. It takes faith to be able to worship a God that you've never talked to in the natural. You've never seen with these eyes. Most of us have never heard him with these ears, and we don't know what he looks like, but we worship him anyway because we worship him by faith. That's why God said, set no idol before you. So as quickly as you can, come, let's fill up the front of this because I believe God wants to commission us today. This is what I hear the Lord saying. God is going to begin to bring to your spirit giants in this nation that he wants you to go after in prayer. This week, get ready, prepare yourself, open yourself up to the Holy Ghost, because God is going to begin to quicken to you giants that you need to pray for, giants that you need to go after. Hallelujah. We're going after the giant of the Supreme Court. no wonder there is this confusion over gender that just happened in the last couple years that is the intent of the enemy to mix up humanity because it's impossible for either sect once they've made the change the transgender change to produce seed or children A woman that was a man can never have a baby. And a man that was a woman can never produce seed. It's impossible. They don't tell you that. And the highest rate of suicide almost is amongst, right now, transgender men and women who this church loves deeply. We are not indicting you, we're not accusing you. We are on your side and we're praying for you that God will give you peace and save you by the Spirit of the Lord because you are precious in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I want you to raise your hands. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I believe that 40 is the end of testing. And God, we are releasing right now a commission from heaven over this congregation in this building and around the world that has listened to this message that, God, there are giant killers. Lord, no wonder you said in the last days, uh, I am raising up the tabernacle of David. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we loose a Davidic anointing to be able to kill giants in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now begin to open up your spirit. God begin to reveal to these sons and daughters, to these David men and women now, God that there is no giant that they cannot kill, cannot destroy, cannot bring down by the power of the Lord. <coughs>
1: you can do all things you can do all things but fail cause you're never
7: you get it? Did you get that revelation? Well, I'm going to tell you. He told us Wednesday night. He, he he kind of let the cat out of the bag. He said, I believe we're going to have a barn burner Sunday. How many believe? So I decided I'm going to dress for a barn burner. I believe in, a, in prophetic gestures. How many here now is the seed of Christ. Do you get that revelation? You're the seed. Come on, you're the seed. You're the seed. Pastor Ken said it. You're the good seed of the kingdom of God. So the seed of Christ is in you. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Well, you know it said that he would crush the head of the serpent. How many has a serpent or two that's been slipping around your garden? I said, How many has a serpent or two that's been slipping around your garden? Biting at your heel, biting at your children. Come on, biting at your finances, biting at your job, biting at your different profession. How many? Come on, let me see your hand. Come on. Have you? Well, you know what it says to do? It says to crush his head. It said to crush his head. It said to crush his head. I said, it said to crush his head. I said to crush his head. Don't look at me. Crush his head. Come on. Crush his head. Crush his head. Oh, crush his head. Lord, we declare it. Come on. Serpent! come up in my home, in my family, over my children, over my finances, over my job. Come on! I'm we'll crush that head. It's time to quit kicking at it and crush it once and for all. How many knows that? Head crushed, it's dead, and we declare. How many of those? That Goliath. You preach too much. You've done preached me out. Lord, have mercy. Actually, David took Goliath's head and presented it back to him, and said, "You don't have to worry about that one no more. You don't have to worry about that anymore." So today, we take our position as the seed, as the seed of the Most High God that lives in us, flows through us, and accomplishes His purpose in every one of our lives. And we declare it. Come on, we declare it? We decree it, so, in the name, of the one who crushed the serpent under our feet today in Jesus name come on now give him praise one more time one more time some of you when you get on your doorstep don't go in the house just crush it right there. And declare it so in the name of the Lord. Wow, what a day. What a day. Can we just thank the Lord for this word that we've heard? Come on. Honestly. My goodness. I've sat under some good preaching, and I know good preaching when I hear it. We heard better than good. We heard God today. Amen and amen. Well, an amazing week in prayer, fasting. Uh, this week, there'll be podcasts coming out. Pastor Candy on Tuesday. Pastor Kent's on Wednesday. Marvelous Women on Thursday. So, you know, you're going to get enough just to keep feeding this. And so I just encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, don't let this word just be in this room. All right? I'm serious about it. I, I'm serious. I, I just still feel that. I'm telling you. So do it today. Believe it today. And we just say be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Come on. Be blessed. May you prosper. Be in health. Even as your soul prospers by the Spirit of God. And you're released today in the name of the Lord. Bless you.